Last Sunday, the Lord put a thought on my heart that I carried with me for two, two or three weeks, and it's still on my heart here this morning. And 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 I don't know if I'm starting a series of of this journey because I sat and thought about this a lot here the last two or three days when I was out piddling in the yard or working or or fishing or whatever it is I was doing. Uh, but the Lord kept bringing me back to the same place, and and. and and, and when he does that, you just think, well, does he want you to stay on this thought for a while? Is this, is this, do you want to call this a series or just a, 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 a group of messages that, that he wants us to preach his people to? So uh, this morning's title is something that's not no secret. You already know it. Uh, it it's your spiritual goal in your life. Uh, and and we, we, are, we are taking the journey today. We started last Sunday night of, of the Apostle Paul and his journey to, uh, to the city of Rome and knowing that that was his uh, spiritual goal. Uh, there was a lot of things that Paul did in his lifestyle, uh, in his life of, from persecuting Christians to, to following our Savior and everything that he done. Put everything to the side. To serve him, because that was God's will. That was that was uh, God's desire for him to do. So his spiritual goal in his life before it would end, if you would, would was get to Rome and 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 go and preach the gospel to those that are in Rome, because they had heard it before, brother Clarence, but they had asked it, if you would, uh, out of their city, because uh, they felt like that it had a too much power and b it had no place. Uh, where, uh, where, where their beliefs was. So uh, they did not want that in their cities or in the confines of their city. Sort of like Christ. You know, uh, I said Wednesday night, Christ had a goal in his life, and it was simply this. Uh, he had two goals. So number one was be obedient to his Father in heaven. That was his first goal. And his second goal was get to the cross. And even though that, that troubled him in a mighty way, knowing that he had to go to the cross for the remission of our sins, uh, knowing that this is something that he could not really thoroughly understand why that, that his Father in heaven had sent him to, to this earth through the, through, through the uh, 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 womb of Murray and how, why he would play that role to carry our sins to the cross. Why use me? And if it be thy will, let this cup pass by me. Because if you will, uh, I won't go to the cross. Uh, but if I can't let them pass by, I've got to take all the sins of the world uh, and put them upon me, and I have got to take them to the cross. That was Christ Jesus' goal, was the cross. So I need to ask you this morning, what's your spiritual goal in your life? It's got to be more than, uh, than, than, than the world's doing today. Uh, uh, allowed it to become a ritual. Uh, we need to get it back to the relationship part of our worship service. Uh, and not this, this church, I mean the church. Uh, the church has, has changed so much in the past few years. Uh, it's become a, a, a glow and show, if you would. Uh, You've got to have this doctor in preaching your services. Uh, if you don't have a doctrine in theology or, or didn't go to a seminary school and stuff, uh, he just don't meet the qualifications of being able uh, to tell the people that goes to this church about Jesus. Uh, he can't be smart enough uh, 
Brother Tony, to tell people about Jesus. Well, see, what they don't know, they don't know that I had teachers like Mamaw and other teachers that showed me just what, who God was in my life. They didn't know that I had parents that loved the Lord and they feared the Lord. They knew that, that because they did their homework when I was young, they were investing in me, getting me ready to the time of my life when I would be put to the challenge, I would be up to the challenge and be able to do the task that they're asking me to do. So I have no doctrine, and I've not been to seminary school. I have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express once, which qualifies me to be a pastor, to say the least. But you know, there's some churches today that won't, would not allow me to darken their doors, Brother Tony, just because of I don't have them qualifications. You know, when, the, when Christ, before He ascended into heaven, uh, he, he promised the disciples one thing. He wouldn't leave them comfortless. And because He wouldn't leave them comfortless, He, would, he was giving them the Holy Spirit to be with them in every aspect of their life that they would become involved in because knowing how hard their journey was going to be uh, was not going to be no cakewalk to say the least. Most of the disciples went out and preached the gospel uh, to the to around the Asian manner and uh, other most parts of the world. Uh, but the, a lot of them, most of them, was martyred, and and some of them was stabbed, and some of them was just was put to death by clubs and stones, and and whatever method it was, uh, they they had to go through the hardship uh, of, of being able to preach Christ Jesus, and that was the price that they paid for preaching. Christ Jesus. So if you would turn, if you got your Bibles with you, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. This is a passage of Scripture that I have preached from a couple of times. And, and if somebody, somebody said it today in Sunday school, uh, you know how the Lord puts a message on your heart in the same part of the Bible, but it ain't the same. Well, here it is again, church, the same part of this Scripture, uh, but it's not going to be the same. And if you remember how I preached this the last time, you're a better person than I am because I can't remember it. So I just know it was about Jesus and it had something to do with heaven. That's about as far as I can take it. Besides that, Brother Ray, I just can't remember it. But the Lord's put a thought on my heart this morning. What is your spiritual goal? What is your spiritual goal? And next week, uh, it might be, what's your spiritual destiny? The Lord's already laid that message on my heart. What's your destiny? And we're going to get into that next week, most likely. And I don't know what's after that. Uh, what is your spiritual nursing home? I don't know where this is going to go. But I am going to say this. The Lord's got a point to make through this. And He wants to touch the hearts of those of His children that, that are yearning to have a relationship with Him. Because to build that relationship and for your relationship to get stronger is no different than the relationship with your spouse or your sweetie or your loved one. It, the, the stronger it gets, the better it is. So if you would, turn to the fourth chapter of the book of 2 Corinthians and stand and reading if you, in God's Word. We're going to be reading the first six verses. And we're going to preach on this just a little bit. And do what the Lord have us to do if it be His will. It says, Therefore, seeing we had this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the word, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. 
in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. Father, thank you so much for this reading of your Scripture. Oh, I pray we can take this Word and apply it to our lives and let us lift us up spiritually the way it needs to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Therefore, seeing we have a ministry, because I'm your minister at this time and stage of my life and your pastor, and, and there's been others before me and there's going to be others after me, uh, uh, seeing we have this ministry, we have a job to do. Now, is it, is, it, is, it a, is it a tough job? Sure it is. It is a tough job, but everybody's job is hard. But we have a special type of job, if you would, and that's telling lost people about Christ Jesus. Our goal is simply this, to preach the gospel. That's all he asks us to do as far as his ministry. If we'll just preach the gospel like the Apostle Paul done in his journey to Rome, that's all he ever did. Him and Barnabas or him and Silas or whoever he was with during any particular time, when he went into his messages to the people, those who were lost and undone, those that didn't know about Jesus and didn't have any idea who Jesus was, the message and only message that he ever preached was about Christ Jesus and how he healed the sick and how he caused the blind to see and how he made the lame to walk and how most of all he raised people from the dead. But most of all, what he mostly did to those that he left behind, he saved the souls of those who are lost. And we still have that today. The message that we bring to his people, our ministry, if you would, and if we receive it and we stay steadfast in our walk with Christ, the message that we got today is to preach Christ Jesus and what he's done for all of us. But if we, and if we receive mercy, we faint not. So God is going to bless us in everything that we do in His name. In His name. Anything we do in His name. Sometimes it seems hard, I know, that it seems like our walk gets a little bit tough. And we all know that, and none of us is no different. Uh, uh, Dennis made a mention a while ago, and I ain't picking on him, but he says, I'm so glad to know that as much as I've failed him, he has never failed me. You know, that's making a sort of a statement, if you would. He is confessing not only to himself, but to the church that he's failed him every single day of his life. Well, listen, we all could have spoke up right then if we just had the, had the gall to do so. He ain't no different than the rest of us. Just because our sin may be different than his sin, it's still a sin. Amen. So we all fall short of his glory every day. But one thing that we can lay the old money on, or you can take to the bank, or you can bet the farm on, that he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He'll never do that because he'll never leave us comfortless. And that's the promise that he's made to his people. So if we've got this ministry, we need to understand this first and foremost. No matter how tough it gets, Mamaw, He ain't never going to leave us. He's given us all the grace and mercy that we, that, that we can tap into. If we use that avenue to bring forth our ministry, He'll use that to bless us in every way that we want to preach the gospel. 
there's different people, uh, pastors and, and ministers that preach a little bit different. We all preach different. If we was all standing the same, Brother Clarence, uh, nobody would be fit to go see, would they? That's why we're all different. We're not made the same. Uh, uh, history and uh, knowledge or, or, or scientific uh, uh, studies will show you that everybody's fingerprint or thumbprint is different. It's different. Now, how do you think God done that? Man, that's over my, that's over my head. And here again, now I know I'm smart. I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night. I'm a pretty bright feller. But I can't figure that one out, Brother Dean. How did he do that over the trillions and trillions and trillions of people that's walked this earth and this world? How has all of these fingerprints been different? How is it different? Well, let's go a little bit more scientific than that. What about DNA? They don't say nobody's DNA is quite the same. Here again, I can go back on the trillion, trillion, trillion aspect. How does he do How did he do that? Brother Ray was telling us this morning during Sunday school where, where they opened up that blood vessel to his brother-in-law's uh, right, right leg this time. I was listening. It helped him. The blood flow was able to, to get back in circulation in his leg, if you would, and, and because of the flow of that blood, it's made his quality of life a little bit better, if you will. And I, and I, talk, and I made mention to Ray that, that just dawned on you because you don't think a lot about it, but uh, ain't that something that we really are already know, uh, that, that, that the blood uh, uh, will conquer all? Uh, the blood of Christ, if we just apply it to our lives, uh, uh, will save us from a lost and dying world, from a devil's hell. Uh, see what blood will do. Uh, because that blood flow was able to get to his leg, uh, he was feeling a lot better and able to walk. Uh, well, let me tell you something. Uh, if the blood of Christ uh, can just, one drop can fall upon your body, uh, and you can get filled with the Holy Spirit, just one little drop, uh, it can save you from a devil's hell. Just one drop. That's all it takes. Though he shed a whole lot more on the cross than on his way to the cross, it only takes one drop. So it's amazing how what made the lifestyle of your brother-in-law a little bit better is still making us a whole lot better today through the blood of Christ. He says, but we and the second verse says, but, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty and craftiness nor handling of the word of God deceitfully by the manifestation or, 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 or the bring forth the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Listen, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. And then don't mind, uh, Brother Keith uh, uh, Stedman, he comes here on Wednesday night and preaches a lot uh, uh, from time to time, and, and, and my heart just feels sorry for a little fella, so I let him preach as much as I can. And, and you know, a lot of his messages is pretty much the same, but you know something, one message that he, that he preaches the same that's always different? He preaches about Jesus. He tells us how good God's been to him in his life and, and how he's made a difference in his life and, and how without, without God in his life, he wouldn't be where he is at today. And let me tell you something. If that's all he's got to say here behind his podium, that's enough. Amen. Because if he can get that point, 
driven through into the minds of those who are listening to him. He has accomplished what God has set him out to do. And that's preach the gospel to, to tell his people about Jesus. And that's all we had to do. Now the Apostle Paul, he told them just a little bit different. He took them to where he struck him down on the road to Damascus. And he took him to where he gave him his sight back. And he set his set foot on a journey knowing that he would suffer many things in the name of Jesus. He had him on that journey. And he also knew that there were many things that he would be punished for. But he stayed the course. And he talked about how Christ died. The ones that you all crucified on the cross. But he also told them how you Jews thought you killed him, but you didn't. On that third day, he rose again. And he said he met with his disciples many days. And then he sent it into heaven. See, that's the message that Paul was preaching on his way to Rome. The same message that I preached to to you guys today uh, and how every preacher that's standing behind the podium in any church and every church is, that's established in this world today needs to be preaching. He needs to be telling people about Jesus and how He died and went to the cross for my sins and yours. Now, what you sprinkle in between in between everything and how you make it sound is just a little bit different, of course, but the message is still the same. He tells us in the third verse, if our gospel is hid, it's hid to those who are lost. But you know something? Paul might want to rethink that in today's time. Because you know how many people claim to be saved? The gospel is hid to them today. I dare say how many people that claim to be saved is going to darken hell one of these days because the gospel has been hid to them. I preached a couple of weeks ago about mega churches and how, how they've accomplished the goal they set out to do. And they have. They've enticed their children out of our smaller churches and with their smaller children they've taken their parents with them and they give them the sports and they give them the song and they give them the dance and they give them the field trips and they give them this and they give them that and they give them everything that they need except the gospel when they need to hear it. They stop telling our kids about sin. That's why it's got so bad in schools today. Kim, that's just to tell it like it is. They don't fear God no more. They don't fear God because they don't fear the sin that consists in their lives every single day. And along with that, our parents have started condoning the sins that their children are doing. And all that's going to do is create a trickle-down effect. And when the parents start doing it, it's gone to hell in a hat basket. I might as well go ahead and tell you because if they don't acknowledge sin and they don't know what sin is, how in God God's name, do they know the difference between right and wrong? You stop preaching sin. And if you don't hear about it, they ain't going to know it. Sort of like school. If we didn't teach your kid, let me say that. We stop teaching our kids how to curse it right these days. And you tell a kid these days to curse it right, something they look at you like you got three heads. Do what? They don't know how to write no more. Why is that? We stopped teaching them. So that means they ain't getting it at home. So if they ain't getting it at home, they don't know how to write. Now when I went to school, if you didn't write pretty nice, 
you got to do it over. If it was unlegible, you got to do it over again. <laughs> I've got pretty good penmanship. I'm not going to lie to you. For an old man, I can write pretty well. But I don't think our younger generation today can write a lick. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the doctors. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then you see somebody sign their credit card, you know, if you're standing beside them, you're going to look like it. <laughs> so they're thinking, that's like my handwriting, but different. Yeah. So if, if we're not telling the ones we love about sin, what's going to happen to it? Going to forget how to do it, ain't the memo? Going to forget what it's all about. Somebody I love dearly asked me a question and, and said they was asked a question. I've said this before and I, and I won't use this again because this really means a lot. I didn't know what the Old Testament was for. What, what good's the Old Testament for? What's it for? And it's as simple as A, B, C's. You identify sin. That's what the Old Testament's good for. Let me tell you something. Uh, that is the legwork or the foundation of our Christian walk of life and entices us to be saved. Because most of us are saved as young children, and, and the reason we get saved, or how the reason God convicts our heart, we, we understand and fully understand that when we die, we don't want to go to hell. Pretty simple. We don't have to be no rocket scientist. I don't need no degree or I don't need to go to no seminary school to understand, Brother Clarence, that when I die, I want to go to heaven. So in order to do that, I have got to accept Christ in my life. And when He pricked my heart that, that special Sunday morning, it led me down this hole, this aisle, if you would. And I didn't know all the particulars about this, but I knew I validated that very day that I wasn't going to hell. I knew that. And then I put the rest of it in God's hands. That's all I could do. But see, if, if our kids aren't getting that, if they don't know, have the fears of the Old Testament identifying sin, if they don't know that, what are they going to do, Sue? They're going to do anything they can underneath the sun. A lot of our people today does things because there's no repercussions from it. We know that. That's why crime's got more than it was years ago. And that's why people are doing things that all these shootings that we see, it's just, it's just, it's just it's out of control. And, and you sit there thinking, where's the end of this? Uh, back in old countries, if you would, over and over in England, over there, uh, they passed a law there many centuries ago that if you stealing got so bad I mean just people were stealing just because you know instead of eating breakfast they just go out and steal so they passed a decree over at one time said listen if you're caught stealing and you're convicted of stealing we would cut off one of your hands now, I don't tell you right fast, like that cut back on the steel on a whole bunch. And then if you got caught for the second offense, you know that answer, don't you, Dean? Get your other hand off. And when they did that, that would almost eliminate stealing. I mean, really? 
If Christ used that as part of his arsenal today, and he took something away from us because we didn't serve him, acknowledge him, because his father sacrificed his son for us. If he'd done that to us, what do you think he would do? You think he'd cut your hand off? Your foot? I'll tell you what he done to me. To my daddy. He got his point across. Pretty quick. I mean, I was out there, you know, just enjoying myself and had no intentions, Carolyn, of coming back to church or coming to church anytime soon until, until he showed me just where he needed me to be. With no questions, no ifs and buts about it. So if the gospel be hid, what does that do to us? Because those who claim to be saved, I pray you are, only you and God in heaven knows that. That's the only thing, you know, that's, that's something I wish I could fix. Because we don't know if you've been saved or not been saved. But God in heaven knows it, and you know it. You know if God convicted your heart on that day uh, when you were sent back there in a church service or, or sitting back at, at a singing or wherever it may have been in your bedroom uh, out in the woods hunting or whatever it is that you love to do on the lake fishing. You know if God touched your heart and showed you that He gave His Son and to pay the price for our sins. You know that. I pray that everybody gets it. Because Scripture tells us simply this, we'll all stand before Him on Judgment Day, good and evil, for all of our sins. That's one thing we are promised too. And I'll tell you right now, God ain't never broke a promise. He ain't going to. He tells us that the God in heaven has blinded the eyes of those who believe not. Now, why do you think that is? Why do you think He's blinded those who, who don't believe? What would, be the, what would be the reason for that? Is that the same thing like cutting off a hand if you steal? I think it's because if He, would, if he does that, He blinds you from all the things that's in the world that's going to contribute to your way of life. Because when we're blind, we'll do a lot of things. It'll humble you more than anything, I, I, w I would suggest. One good thing about it, we ain't preaching ourselves. We're preaching Christ Jesus. The same one that, that the disciples and Paul preached after Christ left them. Most of the disciples was martyred. Some of them wouldn't. But they were doing, serving Him. Because God commanded us, He commanded us to the light to shine out of darkness. 
and hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I ask you today, church, what's your spiritual goal? Do you have one? Do you have a spiritual goal? Ask yourself this question this morning. Let's stand if you would. It's getting late in the hour. My mom ain't going to ask you to come to the You stay right there. But I want you to ask yourself, what's your spiritual goal? What are you, what's your plans for you in Christ? Do you want to have a relationship with Him? And if so, do you want it to grow as, as a relationship with your, with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend? Sometimes when we get older, we take for granted our spouses and the love we have for them. And not like it was when we was out sparking or courting when we was younger. Now, when we was younger, let me tell you something, our relationship really done some growing when I was little, let me tell you. And if it meant that much to us, and if Christ meant that much to us, what's your spiritual goal? I want you to ask yourself that. I'm going to leave you with that. I want you to ponder on that. Do you want to continue doing what you're doing? If we do, we're going to die. Spiritually. We're going to die. I mean, I'm not no doctor. But i got enough sense to know that. I pray not. I think God's got big plans. I really do.